Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sarah Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sarah Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sarah Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Dr. Sapria McKenna. She is joining me back for the third and final part of our fabulous interview. You know, I've also interviewed a lot of people, including Dr. Jessica Taylor, who said, you know, you can't change some of these people's opinions just with, a, you know, with some training. A couple of days training isn't going to get rid of, you know, some fundamental issues and challenges on deep seated, deep rooted beliefs in that system. What do you think about that? I think you can, you just have to do your best, don't you? You just have to do your best. And I feel like we are really getting through. I really do. I mean, we spoke at, um, we've spoken at Resolution and myself and Karen um, do joint training. So we've spoken at Resolution and we're speaking again to the dispute resolution um, people at the conference next month. Um, we Yesterday we were speaking at the Surrey Resolution um, Conference. We've just been asked to do um, Resolution Merseyside, Merseyside. So we're talking all the time to lawyers and it really is getting through. I mean, we jumped, um, the practitioner's guide jumped um, to 30,000 in the Amazon ratings. Um, uh, given that this is a niche book for lawyers, um, for it, and there are 4 million books on Amazon, you know, it jumped up yesterday to 30,000. So clearly we are getting through. Clearly people are actually listening um, and you just have to keep you know just just I mean it's, it's much the other book the the book for not for the spouse of the narcissist you know that's always in the top 10,000 out of all books on Amazon because um because there are loads of people affected by this so yeah. you can change attitudes I just believe you've got to just keep going I believe that it's it's educating people getting to the explaining to them that you know I mean I like to say men are from Mars women are from Venus and narcissists are from Neptune you know their wiring is just totally different you can't put your values and your beliefs and your morals and your principles onto a narcissist because you're not wired like them so you going but surely they would never do that to the children you know they would never do that to the children that's what you always hear people saying you know because they're yeah. a parent you know well they would because they're they're not you know wired in an ordinary way they're wired as narcissists are wired therefore they will use the children as weapons of abuse you are not the same as them you cannot put your own good qualities you know i'm saying good qualities but you can't put them on to somebody who is wired differently and it's really get drilling down and getting people to understand and that and I yeah. think we're making progress I genuinely think we are making progress well that is awesome and I, I totally agree yeah we've all got to do whatever we can to make some changes and education and training is obviously going to make some impact and you know you're doing an amazing job and uh, cheering you guys on from the sidelines all, all the way along because I'm a huge fan of you and your work Explain to me a little bit about the relationship between narcissists and their children, because I think, again, that's something that is really tricky to get your head around. Yeah, it really is. Um, so the whole narcissistic thing can be full of contradictions. And here is a big one. So narcissists, they view their children as extensions of themselves. So they don't see them as being separate from themselves. But at the same time, 
And this is where the contradiction lies. They still kind of abuse them in the same way that they will abuse other people. So, you know, they'll subject them to that idealized devalue cycle or, you know, they'll still, they'll put them through all the many things that we've listed in the book. Um, they'll do all of those things. They'll play them off one another. They'll play them off their cousin or their, you know, they'll just do all the things that, that, that they do to other people. But at the same time, they don't see themselves as being separate from them. So, you know, um, they want their children to do what they want to do. So, you know, if you if you were to say to, to you know, little Johnny, you know, little Johnny, what do you do? What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, well, the narcissist would sort of want the it, little Johnny isn't going to get to be whatever he wants to be in a narcissist world. You know, little Johnny is going to get to be what the narcissist wanted to be and failed to do or what the narcissist succeeded in doing. You know, they, they have to do what the narcissist does or wants to do. They have to be who the narcissist wants them to be uh, or wants to be themselves. Because remember, they don't see them as separate. They want, they even down to what they have. You know, if little Johnny wants an electric scooter for his birthday, you know, well, you know, if, if his narcissistic parents says, well, I, you know, I want, but I want a moat, uh, you know, I don't know, a, a mountain bike. Well, no, you know, little Johnny can have a mountain bike, you know, because the narcissist really can't see that little Johnny is actually, um, you know, an independent individual person who has their own kind of needs and wants and, you know, and, and hopes for the future. They just can't see that. They don't validate that at all. Um, and, and it, another thing that's really important is when, when there's more than one child in the house or in the household. Um, so if there's two children, there's a scapegoat and there's a golden child. And that, you know, that really resonates with a lot of people. Um, so the golden child, of course, can do no wrong. The scapegoat can do no right. Um, so the scapegoat's trying to sort of turn into the golden child because they want the attention of their, their you know, they, they want the, their parents' love. So they want the attention. So there's, a, there's obviously toxicity between the two siblings or competition. And then without warning, the narcissist will swap them. So it's, it's just utterly toxic. So now the scapegoat is actually the, the golden child and the golden child without warning has become, um, you know, the scapegoat. And if there's a third child, they're the invisible child. So they're not, they're completely not seen or heard at all. Um, and then, but then they could equally, you know, then take up another position in the triangle. Um, so it's utterly toxic, very, very difficult. And I have to say, this is so important with narcissists and children, and narcissists in any relationship really, but with children, all love is transactional or conditional, even for their children. You know, yeah. I mean, that's utterly, it's the most awful thing, especially when you're coming out of a relationship to have to realize that, you know, you they could never have loved you, not in the way that that you love them, not in the way that you can love. They 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 can't actually love, and and it's the same with their children. Um, and I you know I find you know family lawyers will say things um, quite often, and this is one of the things I always ask them not to say um, is you know, but he must have loved you or she must have loved you when you got married. He must have loved you or you know he 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 must love the children or she must love the children. You know. And it, it, you're sort of gaslighting the, the victim right there, you know. You've got to understand that, that, unfortunately, in these types of relationships, they didn't. You know, let's just, let's just say it how it is, that there wasn't love, that any type of love there was was purely conditional or transactional. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is shocking to hear, but it's so true. And I think that having that clarity really helps people to, 
you know, understand what they've been through so that they can recover. Because actually coming out of these relationships and being the parent who is, you know, sending your kids back to the narcissist for the weekends, for their weeks, or for the half of the holidays, you know, how can you help your kids and support them through that? Yeah, and it's so difficult. But I think the, I mean, obviously you can't badmouth the, the narcissist. Um, you know, the children want to be loved by their parent. And, you know, obviously you can't make them be loved by their parent. But what happens over time and your where your power is really is in modeling good parenting. And I mean, that's a lot to ask because it's really hard to be a, a single parent, you know. So I'm single, just just be an amazing parent. Big ask, isn't it? You know, um, but what you can do is you can model empathy because the narcissist isn't going to be empathic towards the child. Um, you know, you can be interested, really interested in who they are. You know, what do you want to do? Who do you want to be? You know, who are you, you know, um, in their in their interests and in their friends? You know, um, you can validate them. You know, you can validate them as independent human beings and, and you can be consistent. Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as The Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one -one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. You know, what do you want to do? Who do you want to be? You know, who are you, you know, um, in their in their interests and in their friends, you know, um, you can validate them. You know, you can validate them as independent human beings and, and you can be consistent. You know, you're not going to say, oh, you can have an iPhone for your birthday and then get them, a, you know, something, like, you know, a, a, something that isn't an iPhone, a book, you know, or something, you know, I mean, an narcissist will do that kind of thing. They'll promise things and then they'll sort of withdraw the promise. You know, you can be absolutely consistent um, and 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 you can teach them empathy as well. So when they're little and you're reading um, books to them, you know bedtime stories or whatever you know pause and say oh, how do you think you know that character felt when when that happened um and really talk about feelings and and validate validate them it's validate 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 basically you know if i had to sort of summarize it you know validate their feelings validate who they are and the difference between the two parenting styles well over time it will become really obvious and they'll know that they can't really trust their narcissistic parent um, because the, the styles will be so different and they'll come to you for the what shall I do for my GCSEs you know um, all of that all of the stuff that you know I've got I've got this friend and I you know I'm having trouble or I, you know my boyfriend's you know being horrible to me or what they'll come to you because they'll feel safe with you basically 
So that's yeah. there's a lot of power in that. But oh. you have also at the same time, you have to kind of accept that they also, you're kind of sending them into the lion's den, you know, when they go to, so that's how it feels, you know, and you know, you're worried because the narcissist is often, things like rules and laws don't apply to them. So they might drive like absolute maniacs because the rules of the, the road don't apply or the rules of physics even, they'll take off on humpback bridges. And I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's frightening. And you think, oh, you know, they won't perhaps ask the children to wear their cycle helmets. And, you know, they, they've got sort of, they're in a world of, you know, they don't they don't do those boring things because they don't give them narcissistic supply. They do exciting, fun things where they get supply. So it's it can be really quite scary to just sort of go, bye, waving the children off, you know, it, when you feel like you're sending them into the lion's den. But you've got to accept that there's nothing you can do about that. And you've got it's parallel parenting, which is very different from that's what you've got to do when they're at the narcissist house. Essentially, they do what the narcissist, you know, they live by the narcissist rules. Um, and you've got to. Yeah. You, you and know, I, I do. I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying. And it is very, very difficult when when you're in that situation, having to send your kids off to that, because, you know, unlike other divorced or separated parents or blended families when you're on your own you know a lot of people think yeah I've got some time to myself but quite often what I find with my clients is they're worrying all the time about their kids and how they're doing so they don't actually get that time to relax to to have some fun to let their hair down and or just peace of mind even then just to get on with what they need to do so that can be you know very difficult and as you said you know it you know, children are strong. I, I, you know, they are more resilient than sometimes we give them credit for. And also, I believe that you know, it's they need to find their own path. That is their parent. You know, they need to find yeah, yeah. And a little bit of adversity. You know, there's a lot of research now that shows that it does make them stronger. And actually, by as you said, using all your advice and tips, you know, they will start to see what's right and wrong by contrast between the two homes and the two parenting styles. And also, what you're saying in your your home will be echoed by school and other people that they trust and other people that they really care about in their life with you know decent morals and values. So I think you know that starts to grow, especially as they get older and they start to see that you know and question authority rather than just going along because your parents are always right. So I think that's a really interesting dynamic and, and, and not to worry because they will you know, learn from this and maybe then not make the same mistakes that, you know, I know I certainly did because they'll know these people exist and they'll have their own coping strategies um, to, to get through it. Is, do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, oh, my goodness, you've given us so much to think about, so much information. You've been a fabulous guest. I, I have one more question that I'd like to ask you, but before I get to that, Tell us a little bit about where people can find you. Well, so the best place to find me is just uh, from the website. So that's thelifedoctor.org. Um, all one word, apart from the .org, obviously. Um, so thelifedoctor.org. Or if you're looking for training, um, so if you're a professional looking for training, then myself and Karen are on narcissistsanddivorce.com. Um, but but the, probably the easiest way to get hold of me is via via that the first website thelifedoctor.org. But also, you know, we have our own podcast, and um, our people are finding that very useful, which is absolutely brilliant. So I would like you know people to have a listen to that if they can, and that's called Narcissists in Divorce: The Lure, the Loss, and the Law. And that's available at, everywhere on you know all, pretty much all uh, podcast platforms. But um, but that and people are finding that useful, so I would recommend that as well. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Please go and check 
out the podcast, Narcissists and Divorce. That, that sounds amazing. Um, my final question. So my podcast is called Heartbreak to Happiness. And I ask all my guests this because I think it's really important that even if you are dealing with a narcissist, which can be all consuming and, and terrifying at times as well, I think it's important to be able to spot the things that make you happy along the way. So what is happiness for you, Sapria? Gosh, what is happiness for me? You know, I find, so I'm, I'm a huge believer in the practice of gratitude. And I find that that sort of changed my life. And I kind of find happiness in the smallest places um, because I do that, because I practice gratitude. So at the end of every day, I'll try and list on my very quickly as I'm dozing off to sleep, 10 things I'm using my fingers that will sort of, um, you know, that, 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 that I'm grateful for that day. And they can be tiny. They can be, you know, if it was a, a bad day, you know, they can be, you know, the fact that I turned on the tap that morning, there was a wonderful, it was lovely warm water on my hands. It could be that small, you know? Um, so, so yes, I mean, that's, I think that's been a really important, you know, for me, that's been really helpful in finding happiness, but you know, I, I am a massive country, uh, countryside freak. I live in the countryside um, and I, I have two Labradors um, and um, I love, love, love being out in nature, walking in the countryside. That just every day, I, I, and it doesn't matter what the weather's doing, you know, you see all the sky and you see the kind of the, the, the trees and the light kind of filtering through the trees and different times of the day and different seasons. And, you know, I just connect with the world when I, when I'm just walking through the countryside. So to me, that's probably the single biggest thing that sort of contributes in a positive way to my life. It really does make me very happy indeed. Oh, I love that. I'm a big fan of being outdoors in the countryside too. And with my little cockapoo, we walk every day and absolutely, totally agree with you. Thank you so much. I can't tell you how amazing this podcast has been for me. I found it fascinating. I know all my listeners would have been gripped to this and so much will have resonated. So thank you so much for, for being my guest today. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for today's episode. Do head on over to thelifedoctor.org to find out more about Supriya and how you can get coached and mentored by her and also join in with some of the training too. And I look forward to you joining me on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sara's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sarah herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com, where you can also get a copy of Sarah's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.